My love must be a kind of blind love. Well, hello and welcome to the Free Mind Podcast. We're so glad to have you all from A Better Way Ministries. Go ahead and give yourselves a round of applause. We're so glad you're here. And so we are at A Better Way Ministries near Atlanta. What's the actual city we're in? Sonoya. Sonoya. Is that how you say Sonoya? Sonoya. Oh, we got a discrepancy. We ain't going to get around. We got a discrepancy going on here. My house. I remember we f- I flew into Louisville the other day. I had to learn how to say that. It's not oh, yeah, Louisville. It's like no. nine different Louisville, ways to say it. Exactly. One syllable. But we have a special guest, uh, David and Chris, here from A Better Way Ministries, and we're so glad that you joined us on the Free Mind Podcast today. And so if one of you could start, maybe just give us a brief overview on what is A Better Way Ministries and what are you guys doing here? Yeah. Uh, a Better Way Ministries is a it's a program for men with life-controlling issues, and it's a highly disciplined, work-oriented environment with program emphasis on Christ alone, really. And uh, we, we like to re-emphasize, you know, that Christ is our life. You know, born in Adam, apart from God, we're actually a soul just existing. And uh, when we come to Christ, then we get our purpose for living back. And that's containing and displaying the life of God in Christ. And um, we try to deliver the men from deception by teaching the Bible and uh, what it says as far as the, uh, the difference in between partaking from the tree of knowledge and good and evil, which is an achievement-based system based off self-reasoning and lies from the, you know, from the enemy that steal, kills, and destroys. And then partaking from the life of Christ, which is real life, and that's everlasting life. That's the life of God. And uh, there's so many uh, functions of the ministry. We're not going to have time to go over all of them. But uh, there's a exercise program, and there we have GSNC courses. There's 14, and they're all standalone courses that are the uh, Teen Challenge curriculum. And then um, there's Living in Jesus, and there's also um, At the Altar of Sexual Idolatry. And there's, there's different uh, teachings that we go over, and there's many different rules. And the rules are almost like the Levitical law, and they lead the men to Christ. And uh, there's just there's the moving company, a better way movers. There's uh, not just a table. There's a better way bargains and thrift stores. There's also donations. And there's, there's so many different things. We have a swimming pool, a volleyball court, basketball court, a gym. It's, um, it's a really substantial program with 120 men at even, any given time. And, uh, you know, there, there's some people coming in off the street paying $1,500 a month. And then there's some people who are court-mandated dan- uh, court to be here. But, uh, you know, it's, it's really awesome. I wish we had more time. Yeah, so you said men. Describe, you said it's for men who what now? You With life-controlling issues. Life-controlling issues. So what, kind, what are some of the ways you see people coming into here? Give us some, like, examples of those life-controlling issues, and, and how, do you, how do people find out about this place, and what's the path to here? So uh, there is a, a book, the A Better Way book, that the founder has written, and um, it's, it, it just, it's being distributed to jails and churches for free so that men can find out about a, a better way. And um, there's, uh, there's just word of mouth travels really good in the, in the prisons and in the jails and in the churches. People find out about it different ways like that. 
So if you find out about it in prison, you're like, I want to go into that. Is that, do they just set it up when you're coming out of prison to go into it? Or can you work on maybe doing it as part of your sentence or how does that work? Both ways, actually, definitely. Yeah. So there's a lot of word to mouth. Even people who leave the program will speak highly of it because the, the number one aspect of the program that is my absolute favorite part is the presence of Jesus Christ. And the Jesus factor is what makes it. So before we jump to Chris, can I ask, how did you come into the program, David? So I was actually court mandated to be here, and it was an answer to my prayers. And I didn't know what I was getting into, and I actually, it's really a crazy story. I actually ran from it, and because the judge had uh, inadvertently let me go on accident, I still ended up coming here instead of some other alternative. And it's really like a but God story. It's really awesome. That's cool. Can you tell us a little bit about what was going on in your life at the time that led to this? And then when you got here, what kind of person were you and just that process? Right. So I'd actually, uh, I I had been in and out of uh, jail and prison for pretty much my whole life since I was like 16. You know, Um, I'd been using drugs and alcohol to cope with life because uh, I believed who I was was what I did. And uh, if I heard the praise and acceptance of other people that formulated beliefs that I was accepted, but if I heard, you know, any kind of rejection, then I would have to strive or struggle and strain to make an outcome so that I would get their acceptance and approval. So I tried to attain a desired life based upon, you know, what I did and what other people thought about me. So when I got to a better way, I was completely deceived. I was in rebellion against God. I would, use, I would even use the scripture, you know, because I'd, I'd read the scripture and, you know, I didn't really have a good relationship with Jesus, but I would use scripture to try to manipulate people to get an outcome that I wanted. It didn't matter about them. It mattered about me meeting my own needs apart from God. And I didn't know better. I believed the lies that I believed my whole life. You know, I, I didn't understand you know, a relationship with Jesus Christ, or I hadn't experienced the power of God or the presence of God. I just didn't know. I just want to say, too, you guys have a beautiful campus. I mean, all over. This chapel is incredibly beautiful. And there's a statue, I believe it's Jesus washing one of the disciples' feet towards the entrance. Do any of you know, like, is there a, a story behind that? Or is there a kind of a, a mission statement or something that points to that for you guys to follow? Or is it just inspiring? Well, I think it's... Uh even though he was fully God, he didn't come exalting that position or power. You know, he came to be a servant, you know, and that's what a true follower of the Lord Jesus Christ is. He say, pick up your cross and follow me. Not to exalt yourself, but, but to serve other people. And that is uh, a definition of what the true great commission is you know go ye therefore and baptize those in the name of the father son and the holy spirit you know because at the onset of salvation that's just the beginning okay you're saved but now you have to go and reach out and save others so good uh you mentioned some of the um the life controlling issues i grew up in chicago south side of chicago and it's really tough really urban very um it looks very hopeless, and particularly for males. And when I think about um, 
situations that men today are, are trying to come out of. I think of like, there's just so much hopelessness there. Can you speak to um, some of the deceptions, some of the lies that men, if not careful, or if not raised in the knowledge of Christ fall into? And what can a man walking onto this campus to enroll expect concerning those lies? So, um the, the truth about the Word of God is, you know, God determines who we are based upon what He says. So when we believe the truth, right, we behave according to what the truth says. And the truth is, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war according to what we are in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, but powerful by God for the demolition of strongholds. We're demolishing every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity into obedience to the Christ. We understand that, you know, we have a, a struggle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities and the principalities and power and the cosmic powers of darkness and the heavenly realms. So we, we believe that God is displaying his manifold wisdom to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places through the church. And with that, we, we teach, you know, who we are in Christ and who you are is loved and accepted and holy and blameless and righteous and that you don't make decisions based upon your experience or your circumstances, but according to what the Word of God says. Not on what you feel or what you may think, but according to what God says in His Word. Amen. Um, before you weigh in on that too, Chris, because I want you to say it, it sounds like it sounds like what you're um, saying is that one of the first things they concentrate on here is identity. Like, who are we? Because that is the fundamental question is what are human beings? Who are we? And, you know, the, the interesting thing is people that come to this campus, I would imagine that they know more than 99% of the culture because at least they know they don't know who they are. And the culture thinks they do, but they don't. And so what I think about a ministry like this is, like, that's where God meets us. That's why he meets the brokenhearted, because, he, because we're finally to that place where we can even accept the truth because we've, the, you know, like the Pharisees, they thought they had the truth. They didn't. They, they were blind to the fact that they were blind. And I think when you, what I'm hearing you say is identity was an important reconstruction of your worldview under, under Christ and biblical. You said demolishing the strongholds, and I love that. That's one of my favorite uh, life passages because the apostle Paul wrote that we take thoughts captive that are raised up against the knowledge of God. And it's those idea systems that we grow up in that form us. And, and you said this back here earlier, but you said, um, our, our behavior runs on our beliefs and that's so true. So they, so there's an, there's an emphasis here, I'm guessing, or I'm, I'm hearing you say on shifting the way you look at the world and the way you look at yourself rediscovering our identity under Christ. And that was a big part for you in changing. Absolutely. So shifting the uh, viewpoint from man-centered or ego-centered, I-centered, to God, his perspective, how everything actually functions according to him, you know? And uh, it's essential to be able to, to see who you are based upon what God says instead of 
all these multi-layered strategy of deception that the enemy set up with the world and your own flesh working against you in unison against God. How, and let me ask this, how, how hard was that process for you? And what did that look like as you began to try to take on this new mindset? So for me, my behavior outwardly was really, uh, really good. You couldn't tell a whole lot. Um, but I was struggling inside. There was a war in my mind. And uh, I had a very critical spirit. So I would try to point out different things that were just incorrect or not perfect. And, um, and I, I was led to just surrender eventually. And I did. It took me about four months before the veil was removed from my heart and the blinders was moved off of my mind. And uh, I opened up and I was just so grateful that God delivered me from the deception of the enemy. But, you know, it took like four months before I actually started believing the truth about what God says and who I am according to that. And this place has been, it's been set up. It's been set up by the wisdom of God, not, not man. Uh, I want to hear about, because you said it's kind of rigorous, lots of hard work and training. I want you guys to expound on how important is that process along with the spiritual, just the training of getting up, working hard, or moving, or fixing, or do, in that process. And um, do you think that also plays a part in us men becoming who they are supposed to be today? I think, um, first of all, I want to just go ahead and say um, this program, this 18-month program minimum, is very, 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 very extremely intense. Okay. Amen. Um, <laughs> we got a witness. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> Intense and what? Please share. And, you know, an example of that is um, before I came to Christ, it'll be 17 years this December. But before that, at 18, I did 10 years in prison straight the first time. Okay. And that was very tough. Okay. I've also did 11 years on the streets, okay? That is very tough. I mean, 10, 10, 10 winters is pretty tough. So, but I can say that. Um, coming here in Christ for as long as I have been, and the things that I've been through, this is tougher than both of those. And the reason it's so tough, as some of these guys will definitely attest to, is... A lot of times we're facing our number one enemy, which is ourself. Okay, we, we, we wow. have, believe it or not, the, the, the program emphasizes uh, taking the excuses away from you, holding you accountable 100%, um, and that's what makes it so tough because you know, it's not about this person did this or this person caused me to do this. It's no, it's not about that. It's about how are you responding to what this person is doing. So you're forced to deal with the everyday problems that everybody faces in life. And life is tough, but you're, you're, you're encouraged and pretty much forced to deal with it in the biblical way. Um, and... And, you know, you can come here for a few months and, you know, 
be slick and go with the program and different things. But when you're up under a microscope for a year and a half, the real you is going to surface. It's going to surface. And you're going to be forced to deal with that biblically. Wow. What's, what's the hardest part when someone goes through this program and leaves, go home, wherever? What's the hardest part of, of then not being in this program and then kind of being on your own? What is, is it a mental struggle? Is it, what, is, what makes it hard after this fact? Or is it? Are they good to go after they come through this program? Well, I'll say this. No, uh, it's not an automatic um, good to go. You know, truthfully, um, the ending of this program is just the beginning. Right. You know. And as many Christians can probably tell you, you know, just like salvation, salvation is the beginning. You know, you still have to begin to walk the Christian life, which is very tough. Um, and you have to, I mean, Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. And he also said, when, when, when persecutions come because of the word, and he also says, you will have tribulations in this world. So um, while you're here at the ministry, you're being equipped um, um, biblically and spiritually, strengthening your spirit to, you know, get you ready for the world that you're going back into, um, which is very tough. But the thing that I see and I know is that at the end, you're going to have to do like James say. And James say, you got to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer, because if you're just a hearer and not a doer, then you're going to be a tree bearing no fruit. So you're not going to live the abundant life um, that you're seeking. So my, my, the main thing that I see um, is that, you know, it's a journey for the rest of your life. You will be equipped at a better way. You will be equipped to deal with anything out there. But you got to stay connected to the back. Um, man, when I hear you guys talking, I, I can hear that equipping coming out of you. And one of the things we often point out is sometimes in our churches these days, we've left out the element of equipping and discipling. And we've opted for just kind of entertaining people. Um, and I, I think this ministry reminds me of what our churches should be like, more like, because we're not getting people ready for the battle. Um, and I hear more scripture. You know, one of the thing, one of the taglines of our podcast is um, the fact that we live in a, in a Jesus-haunted, biblically illiterate culture. And you guys are biblically literate, I can already tell. Like literate, not illiterate. Y'all are just, y'all are hitting it like left. It's just coming out of you. And I see that as such an important part. And um, how, how far are you into the program now, Chris? I'm in my 17th month. 17th month, okay. So I'd imagine... Congrats. Congrats. That's awesome. I would imagine there are people that don't make it that far. What You said it was the hardest thing oh, you've yeah. done. What kept you in those hard moments? What, what did you draw from? Well, um, point blank, straight to it, is Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus Christ. And all of, all of those different situations, those difficult times that I told you about, um, 
you know, I've, I've been in situations where um, there was nobody else. There was nobody else. I mean, it was me and God, me and the Holy Spirit. And that is the only reason that I survived those different situations. So I'm, I'm going to tell you like this again. I did come here with a, a, a spiritual background. I came here as a Christian. But the thing of it is, just being a Christian don't save you from anything. There's still areas that you have to work on. And part of my 11 years of being on the streets was due to stubbornness. You know, I mean, as simple as that. Uh, I didn't want to reach out and ask for help, you know, and that's, a, that's something that I needed to work on. Everybody here is different, um, but I need to drop that pride, you know, and allow the Lord to help me out of a situation that I should not have stayed in that long. I mean, it's kind of like the Israelites, you know, three-day journey turned into 11 years because a part of, even though I'm in Christ, and the process of sanctification is sharpening us, um, you know, a lot of times we will not walk in what we know. You know what I mean? So this program here, I mean, is going to force you to act, you know. I think Peter, First Peter, Second Peter says, you know, preparing your mind for action. This program is definitely 100% about action. Amen. Yeah. You know what's awesome is I was sitting here listening and I'm thinking that there aren't many places that I can think of where you can train under Christ under a microscope type situation. And what's good about that is you get to smooth out a lot more rough edges, not even on a college campus. You're given the syllabus, but it's up to you to study. You go to medical school and all that, even at home and family, you're at home, you're kind of doing what you, but to be here and to get that awesome training given to you where when you walk out of here, you will have developed the habits to succeed spiritually. Not that you'll be perfect at it, but um, I'm thinking of, um, you know, sports. And anal- I'm looking at all these men here. The sports analogy is like if you do a thousand um, free throws come game time, you can easily do it. But if you just get on the front, the, the, the free throw line, you think, okay, what do I do now? Do I just, you, you won't make it. But here you're getting that awesome, constant encouragement, constant scripture, constant um, discipleship. And he talked about how the streets were hard, but this is hard too. But the cost of non-discipleship can sometimes be way more expensive than the cost you're paying here. So I just want to applaud you men because men are the foundation of, of families, of nations, of how God ordained order in, in building properly. And so y'all are doing that. And I, I reiterate that scripture from Mark that said, take courage, get up. Jesus is calling. He's constantly calling as we're praying to him. He's calling. It's a mutual call. And I just applaud you guys for, for all the hard work you're doing here. All the beautiful discipleship. And this is for either one of you. Do do you know, have a story that you've heard of, or someone that you know that has gone through this program, and it was just an incredible story of transformation? 
from where they came from to what they went through here and then how they left here and went on to just a story of transformation you may have heard about or know. Well, I'll just say this. I mean, in 17 months that I've been here, there's been many, many, many stories of transformation. I mean, the, I mean I'm going to say it like this. is very, very, very few people that go to, through the program that are not transformed. I mean, you can fake it. You can fake it for a year and a half. But what happens is the program is so intense that it retrains your thinking. And how about habits are hard to break, whether they're good or bad. So it's more out with the old, in with the new, um, being not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the word of God. And I'm going to tell you like this, I'm in trans transition right now, and just the uh, difference from going through the actual ministry part of the program to transition is profound. I mean, my senses are so sensitive to the Holy Spirit and to the Word of God. I mean, if you just speak some profanity, it sets off alarms. I mean, it makes me very, very, very uncomfortable. And another example is taking a walk through Walmart. Just a simple walk through Walmart, you are like, whoa. Right. Yeah, so we're being transformed. He won't even go to Walmart. <laughs> so you're saying Walmart is a good litmus test. Sanctification, security. Test that salvation. Yellow store? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's several of the staff members that work here. Um, Brother Doug and Brother Jason, Brother Abram and Brother Ron all are just living te testimonies, living sacrifices, holy people, set apart, sanctified, uh, their minds renewed off of the truth about what God says. And, uh, you know, they, they face demonic opposition, you know what I mean? Just trying to buffet them from every direction, from students and from everything else. And, and their minds so clearly set on the truth, you can see them cut right through lies with their actions and then what they say and how they do it it's it's a phenomenal thing to witness and it's definitely one of the primary reasons for success along with prayer is the individuals who put their heart and soul into this program work here on campus and it's really it's really encouraging for me to see how they live their lives based off of what the word of god says you know there's a there's brother doug there's brother jason there's brother Jacob, there's Brother Abram, there's Brother Ron, and then uh, the director, Brother Jerry, is just, a, he's, he listens to the Holy Spirit, like, like, I don't know if he talks to him audibly or what, but you can tell, you can tell, based off the decisions he makes, if you're in tune with what God's got going on, he's listening to the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. You, you said a second ago um, that when you hear profanity, it sets alarms off. And, you know, something we see in American Christianity is so much mixture and just the standards don't seem as high maybe as they should be. So when, when you say alarms start going off, what is it that you're thinking and feeling like you hear that and you say, wait a minute, that's heading towards a direction? Or, or what is it that, that is those alarms going off? What does that mean for you? Well, to me, and, and not speaking to, content, to condemn anybody or anything, but there was a time in my life when my language was terrible. Um, but now what I see is a lack of self-control, a lack of being conformed to 
what's cool, what's socially acceptable. I mean, they use profanity on commercials these days. But to me, there's a, a dropping of a standard um, for the people of, well, I'll say for the people in the world, but I think there's a lowering of the standard for some of the people of God as well. Um, when, when I hear that, or things like that, it sets off alarms with me because the Holy Spirit is basically telling me you're, you're different. You know, you're different. Um, you're not of this world, as the Bible says. Amen. You're in it, but you're not of it. You're different. So um, it, it kind of makes me want to run. But I do want to say this as well, that... Um, you know, the program is so awesome here because it, um, it welcomes the Spirit of God here. It sets, it sets you up to receive the Spirit of God. It's not the program that's doing it. It's God doing it. But as, um, as God spoke to Moses in the desert and he said, you know, Take off your shoes, for this is holy ground. And, you know, even though he was in the middle of a desert, wherever God is, it is holy ground. So God is definitely in the business of redeeming his creation and helping his people return to him. And a better way, thank God for John Barrow and his vision. Thank God for all the staff members here. They roll out the red carpets for the Lord Jesus Christ, and he does his work. Yeah, I wanted to know what are your personal plans like once you leave the campus? Oh, yeah? Great minds. Think alike. Yeah, what, are your, what has God shown you that you, um, maybe a calling or something you're going to pursue once you leave the campus, or maybe stay on the campus, but just what, what is God doing in the both of you personally? Right now, I'm staying on with the ministry. Um, it's an awesome ministry. Some happy brothers here, happy about that. Thank you. I definitely want to give back, so I'm staying on. It's just allowing God to lead me. Uh, being here was definitely a prayer answer to be in a position where I'm at now, which is at both of us are actually teaching GSNC, which is group studies for new Christians. And I just want to give back. I do have, um, I do have a dream to do more speaking, preaching, ministry, uh, different ideas that I have in my mind uh, that I hope will one day run right along with a better way, um, dealing with some of the issues that I dealt with when I did 11 years on the streets. I know a lot of people that will definitely need something like this, but um, I can just say like this, it takes one to know one. And um, I've throughout the years that I was out there, there was a lot of people given handouts you know that's that's very common in the city of Atlanta but there's very very common in the world and that's a good thing but sometimes the handout will handicap will paralyze and 
but there are very few. I'm telling you, this is the only place that I've seen that literally gives you a hand up. So uh, I'm also going to be staying on campus uh, and, um, and doing the internship here at A Better Way Ministries, teaching the GSNC course and uh, living in Jesus course. And, uh, you know, God's put it on my heart to teach what I've learned since I've gotten here. You know, I never would have thought in a million years when I got here I'd be doing what I'm doing now. You know, it says that, that the cross of Christ is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. And Jesus Christ is wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification. So once I started learning about who, who it is that I am in Christ and how I have divine power and that God actually gives me power to do his will here on the earth, and that, that is for obedience for today, I've just been saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And since then, he's, he's actually spoken to me many different times supernaturally. And one of the things that I received from the Lord is when Chris had a devotion, and he had, he had one planned out really well. But uh, he said, I don't know what, who this is for, but I had one planned out, and God told me to go with this, so I'm going with it. And he was speaking about how fathers, how important it is for fathers to speak blessings over their children. And right then, God indicated in a supernatural way his hand over me. And he said, I am the one speaking blessings over you. And that was about eight months ago. And since then, he's led me to see in Scripture where it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt you in due time. So in that, I just, I'm, I'm working with the Holy Spirit on, on all the manifestations of the flesh that I have, you know, because I'm not who I am in my flesh. I'm who, I, I'm who God says that I am. So I'm just renewing my mind based off of that truth and going through it with the guys coming in. I get to experience the intake guys coming in. And it's just, it's awesome how God works in our lives and reveals himself over and over and over again, specifically and intentionally through the lives of individuals. I see myself. And it's just so, it's really fulfilling to the, to the degree it's like, wow, I'm actually getting to do this. You know what I mean? Like, this is incredible. You know, and it's really, it's such a difference just receiving life from the Lord and, and like living from heaven, really. It's, you know, Christ's life is from heaven. I'm seated in heaven, and that's where I get my life. And anything that I do outside of that life isn't who I am. So. Wow. Amen. Maybe just one or two more questions before we wrap it up here. But one thing I'm noticing is I look at the people here. You know, there's people from all kind of different ethnic backgrounds, generations. But you guys seem to have a brotherhood here that's rare uh, outside of here. Um, and I know, you know, you, you know, the two great commandments, love your, love Lord your God, but love your neighbor as yourself. And I see the, the, the neighbor love going on here. How do you guys, how does that happen practically here? Well, I mean, you're, as soon as you come on campus, you are with your brothers 24 hours a day, seven days a week at the intake phase, which is the beginning, um, you, you really don't leave campus much. Um, you really don't um, make any phone calls. Um, so you, you're around your brothers all the time. I mean, you're, you're, you're sleeping with them, you're eating with them, you're walking with them. Every, everything is done with a group. Um, not only that, you're praying with them. Um, you're crying with them. You're getting frustrated with them. Um, 
you're not fighting with them because you can't do that. But, but um, you, you, you are becoming your brother's keeper. I mean, there, there's no, there's, I mean, one, this is just an example. I mean, we have so many rules here, and the rules are designed to cause you to break them. I mean, it's just the way it is. Some of these, I mean, there's rules like button your shirts all the way to the top. I mean, from day one to 18 months later, you, you still better make sure that shirt's buttoned. But the thing of it is, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. And guess what? You're going to be called on it. And, um, you know, you, you go out of the room, the whole, the whole room, eight, nine people, ten people in a room, the lights or fans are left on. Well, everybody's going to get punished for that if nobody says, you know, who did it. So what I'm saying is, you, in essence, you are your brother's keeper. So, you know, you, you get to de develop an intimacy um, with the people. You know, you learn their struggles. You learn what they're going through. I mean, you know, you see people fall, drop out, just like a, a real war zone. You know, your heart goes out to them. So... You know, at first, coming from different walks of life, it's kind of hard to trust. You know what I'm saying? But when you, one thing about uh, the truth is it's real. And when you see real, you become real. Amen. I know it. it's not about the buttons. Not about the buttons. Man, it. it if we could just bottle up a little bit of what you guys have here, man, poured around our churches, I think we'd we'd see a major difference in our difference in our nation for sure, man. Um, you guys are strong in the Lord, man. I, I feel the the power like a like a a team of Navy SEALs, spiritual Navy SEALs, and um, yeah. So uh, that's a great analogy. <laughs> I was to say, are you prophesying? That's a, that's a lifestyle you live, huh? Yes. yes. No, I, I, I believe it. I can see it. But there's something to that. There's something um, for our listeners. You know, there's something to not just keeping Christianity at the level of theory and you know a, a box you check, but it's it's a it's a lifestyle of immersing yourself to to not just take on beliefs about Jesus, but live the lifestyle He lived all in like everything you have and, and it includes discipline it includes even rules that are annoying to help you um get in good habits like you said right. develop good habits of thinking good habits of living immersing yourself in the word immersing yourself in worship and prayer and brotherhood and i just see that here man so thank you guys for letting us be a part of that and see that thank you, thank you.